When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! 10, Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. All right, hour number three, live on the Out of Bounds Show. Streaming worldwide on the Out of Bounds Radio app. Blake Scott filling in for Bo Bounds. Excited to have you alongside as we talk a little SEC football, NFL, a little March Madness, everything in between. Of course, we got to hit that cruton. It's always cruton season, baby. If you ain't cruton, you ain't trying. They say down here in the South. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you, of course, by the new cocktails in a can. That's right. Head over to your local Fleetway market, like the one in Gluckstadt or on Highway 51 in Madison, or perhaps your corner market grocery stores, and you can check out the incredible cocktails in a can that they have, like the Crown Royal and Apple, Crown and Cola. They've got Tangeray, Orange and Tonic. I've got Malibu options, but my favorite, the Jameson Ginger and Lime. That's right, the Jameson Ginger and Lime. Fantastic. It's real liquor, real whiskey, real gin, real rum. In the can, it's a cocktail ready to go. Great for on the go to the beach. Maybe you're going to Startville or Oxford for a little baseball. Maybe you've got a tailgate at a friend's house. Whatever it might be, whatever you're doing. You're going into the pool. The cocktail in a can, it's perfect. Just crack it, pour it over ice. It's ready to go. And it's high quality, high quality alcohol. Jameson, Crown Royal, Tangeray. You got good cocktails in a can, ready to go. Ease of access, baby. Making it easy on you. That's what we do here at the Out of Bounds Show. So go check out the cocktails in a can at Fleetway Market. I use the one in Gluckstadt. Stop by my house. The Fleetway Market in Gluckstadt has the Market Cafe. That's right, the Market Cafe where you can get tasty treats like fried chicken or ribs, mac and cheese, baked beans, all the good stuff. So you're going to want to check them out there. And Corner Market in Fondren also has the cocktails in a can. Corner Market in Fondren. You can go check out the Crown Royal and Cola at the Corner Market in Fondren. All right, I want to talk a little SEC football. I found this incredible audio, so bear with me. It's a little bit long, but incredible audio from Nick Saban. This is Nick Saban, Alabama football coach. He's going to tell a story about he and his wife going back to a high school reunion, okay? So bear with me. It's pretty funny. This is Nick Saban talking about he and his wife, Terry, going back to a uh, a little kind of, it's not a high school reunion, but it is. They had a homecoming day for Nick Saban. And all the guys I went to high school with and all the people, the family, you know, came to it. It was a big deal. 
and it was wonderful. It really was. But when I was a kid growing up, my dad owned a service station, and we lived in the country. And my wife, who was, I tried to date from the time I was in the seventh grade, she would never, ever date me, never, ever go out with me. She had this guy named Mickey Schaefer that she was always boyfriend with. She was from the city. She went to East Fairmont. She was the, the queen bee, the drum majorette and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I mean, I just could not get a date. And here I am, the country bumpkin out here, pumping gas every day. And it's, in those days, it's full service now. I mean, it's not like today. Somebody comes in, pumps your own gas, you collect the money. I mean, you had to clean the windows, check the oil, change tires, mufflers, grease cars. I mean, I was filthy, dirty, black fingernails all the time. Could never get a date. Could never get a date. So finally, when I got in high school, we were pretty good. We, we were just a class double-A school. She went to a big triple-A school. And we always played them, and we beat them like a drum. But she finally noticed me. She finally noticed me, and I finally got a date. And she had dated this Mickey Schaefer guy for like six years. So when we go back for this reunion, lo and behold, Mickey Schaefer owns a service station. And Terry and I have been married for 42 years, so however many that was, minus five. So I said, I am not going to miss the opportunity to do a drive-by. just to make sure she kind of knows how she picked. <laughs> so we, we drive by Mickey Schaefer service station, and I said, see there, honey? There's your boy, Mickey Schaefer. I said, if you'd have married him, that's where you'd be now. She said, if I'd have married him, he'd be the head coach at Alabama now. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Nick Saban, the GOAT. Alabama head coach dropping a, an incredible story about, uh, you know, the fact that even the greatest coach of all time gets put in his place every now and then. Isn't that right? Terry Saban. Tell, letting Nick know that his success rides on her back, not his. That is absolutely comical. And, uh, he, you know, that story is, the way he talks, the way he tells it, it just show it goes to show you that the whole curmudgeon you know, grumpy old man that maybe he comes off as at times in the media, man, he knows how to sell and he knows how to talk and tell stories and he knows how to involve people and, and catch people. And that type, you know, we talked about recruiting with Tom Luganbill and it just, man, there is no doubt that Nick Saban's ability to connect with people is otherworldly. I mean, he's, he's obviously a great storyteller. He knows, kind of how to appeal to people, whether it's through emotions or through uh, relatability or whatever it might be. But I just, I thought that story from Nick Saban about wanting to, you know, there's still a little bit insecure. It just goes to show you that no matter how much you succeed, you can still have a little bit of that. Insecurity may not be the right word, but just, you know, I, you know Saban's not worried about his wife. They've been married 42 years, but it's kind of a, that smug, like, ha-ha, like, I got one, you know. Uh, it's, it's still that competitor in him that just says, hey, you know, this Mickey guy might have thought he was winning, but I ended up winning. And, of course, Miss Saban, Miss Terry, puts him in his place, lets him know that she's the one that got it done at Alabama. They, she's the reason he's the head coach at Alabama. So that's pretty funny. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Coming up next, going to... 
Talk back with Bo Bounds for a minute, and then I believe at 9.30, we're going to talk to Jeff Duncan. That's right, Jeff Duncan, NOLA Insider. And talk a little Saints, a little Arch Manning. A lot of uh, discussion to be had with Jeff Duncan. So excited about the next 45 minutes or so of radio as we round out a Taco Tuesday. It's a Tito's Taco Tuesday. Why don't you go try a Tito's Rita at your local watering hole? Or maybe go see Nate and the crew at Briarwood Wine and Spirits pick you up some Tito's and a little bit more. I'm sure they can help you out with some awesome cocktail ideas. Excuse me, cocktail ideas. Just got hit with a sneeze. So figured I'd mute myself there. You don't want to hear me on live radio doing that. If you've missed any of the show, make sure you check out the Out of Bounds radio app. You can check out the Out of Bounds podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And of course, it's on the OOB app anytime you need it. We had Chris Limonis at 7.30, Tom Luganville at 8.30. Both on the OOB podcast. You're going to want to check out what Chris had to say. Coach Limonis talking... Injuries to Landon Sims and Stone Simmons, how you replace guys like that, the offensive lineup, a young freshman named Hunter Hines who's on a tear, Callum Clark getting back healthy, all that and more from Coach Limonis on the podcast. And, of course, Tom Luganville talking Lane Kiffin, talking Cruton, and some of the greats like Saban and Kirby, as well as some of the new guys like Sark, Napier, maybe Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal. You're going to want to check out that podcast with Tom Luganville. Quickly, I want to tell you before we go to break, the OOB Bracket Challenge, OOB Show Bracket Challenge. Go to Facebook, search the Out of Bounds Show. Go to Twitter, at Bo Bounds. Check out the OOB Show Bracket Challenge. You're going to want to get in. you got to get your bracket filled in before the start of the first tournament games, okay? OOB Bracket Challenge. Get it filled in right now. You can win prizes like free night stay at Pearl River Resort, rounds of golf at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, Live Oaks Golf Club. You can check out, uh, maybe we'll get some autographed memorabilia. We've got some gift cards. We've even got some Havana cigars all up on the OOB Show Bracket Challenge. Go check it out. OOB Show Bracket Challenge. It's on Facebook. Search the Out of Bounds Show. It's on Twitter, at Bo Bounds. Coming up, Jeff Duncan, 930. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Predict winners in each round of the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle NFT, currently valued at over $50,000, and over $100,000 more in cash prizes. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today with MyBookie and use promo code BOUNDS to make your first deposit, earning a free entry into the My Bracket Contest. Selections for the bracket will officially begin on March 13th and close March 17th at noon Eastern. So make sure you get your deposit in now with BOUNDS to secure the free entry. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Support for the show comes from MyBookie.ag. Get a free entry in the MyBookie Bracket Challenge by using promo code BOUNDS at MyBookie.ag. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. 
even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. You've got the Out of Bounds Show. Powered by Superior Foundation. Superior Foundation will take care of your family. All right, it's National Potato Chip Day. Um, Broad Street has great potato chips to go with their sandwiches and paninis and all kinds of stuff. Um... Blake, when I think of national, all right, so what, first of all, we all go with what's our go-to, what's our favorite. Why is it your favorite? Um, a lot of times I think of Ruffles because Ruffles, you, it can work with bean dip and Rotel and doesn't break. As much as I love Lay's potato chips, and they're great and they're greasy and they're terrible for us, but they're good, the breakability factor has to come into play. Now, then you go into like Tostitos. And a lot of times they're durable enough to go through dips. It really just depends if you're if you're grabbing something to put by a sandwich or a burger or something like that, or if you're getting into some bean dip, some rotel, some guacamole, some salsa, some of the delicious, you know, cheese dip that Mexican restaurants sling. Uh, a ruffle can usually go through that and like a tostito tortilla chip now, but those, those lays, not so much. They break. I don't know if this is elitist of me, but I don't consider tortilla chips, potato chips. Oh, okay. I consider those different cat, like the Fritos. I don't consider that a potato chip. I don't know if that's right or wrong or not, but like when I think potato chips on national potato chip day, I think chips you eat out of the bag, not things you dip. Okay. I don't know if that's right or not but that's how I, my mind works. So do you have, where do you have? Is I it, like zaps. Well, like yeah, the zaps serve Cajun. those downstairs. Zaps are delicious. Uh, I don't ever yeah. use zaps with dips. No, I don't. I don't so use. What yeah. about, where do you, where do you have Doritos? That's a great question. I thought about that earlier. I mean, I've never dipped a Dorito in anything. I haven't either. I would consider that. I a, like Doritos. I would consider that chips. Here's another thing. I've never called them potato chips. I've always just called them chips. Yeah. Because growing up, we didn't call them but it was just chips. I guess they had to make that kind of official on the day. Yeah. And also, I think that's like what they were originally when they made them. It was like, hey, I made a chip of a potato. Let's call it a potato yeah, chip. Yeah, 80 know? years ago. And so, like, that part made Nine sense. Or 70. Yeah. What? I don't know. Okay. I think Ruffles is a dippable potato chip. Yeah. It's probably one of the few. I just don't think I like of, Fritos yeah. and bean dip. Yeah. I mean, Fritos are great in any or almost any dip. Rotel yeah. with yeah. deer meat um, or welcome home beef. Or Breezy Oaks Ranch, you know, burger meat. All right, so so your deal is I, I, tortilla chips are not chips because that's more of a dip chip. Yeah. And you're going more with like when you open a bag of Lay's. Yes. Or Doritos. Yeah, Doritos. Or, absolutely. Pringles. 
Oh yeah. You know. I think potato chips is like a standalone. You know, snack. I love kettle. I love jalapeno kettle chips. Yeah, yeah, kettle chips are the big popular thing. I, I, it, they are, and I like it's my it's one of my weaknesses, um, and I have to be careful. So I, I love jalapeno kettle chips. Yeah, I think there's lots of good. I like salt and vinegar chips a lot. I don't. So I'm a big salt a lot and vinegar of people guy. do. Yeah, I don't like the jalapeno chip flavors. Okay. That's, see, that's yeah. I talked about that uh, dill pickle chips. You know, they've got those now. I don't like, like those. They've gone really wild. You can buy Lay's makes ketchup chips. I don't need that. I know. So it get they've gotten like outside the box, like way outside the box. I, I like regular kettle chips yeah. and jalapeno kettle chips and regular. I don't like any sour cream. Like sour cream ruffles are really are nasty. Sour cream and onion Pringles. Ugh. Oh, so good. That's oh, gross. Man. Now, regular Pringles, I'm in. What about even their barbecue are too much? And uh, I like to go with the regular Pringles, but I love, I haven't had them in forever, but I love Pringles. You don't like French onion dip, right? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Okay. That, yeah. that stuff's That nasty. makes sense That's that nasty. you don't like, then you don't like the like. I, I've, I've never thought, yeah, wow, that French onion dip looks good. Dude, see, I think Ruffles, a, a Ruffles. It's like nobody's ever said that, nobody's ever walked out of Cracker Barrel and said that. That meal was great. Yes, I have. They, Cracker they, Barrel's no, no, amazing. No, not, not, not using the word great. They may have said that meal was good at, at most <laughs> or that I am full. No. But nobody no. has thought, wow, that was a <gasps> great meal. Oh. Cracker Barrel's where it's at. Why you got to take straight shots at Cracker Barrel? I just wanted to go over that. All right. <sighs> Shout out to Broad Street Bakery. They do an amazing sandwiches, and they have all wonderful yummy chips. I think Blake and I are actually on the same page. The tortilla chips, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think most people chip. would say they're... Chi- I don't know if you have to say the word potato, but they would say they're chips. Yeah. But I get the whole dip. Yeah, they are chips. They're just specifically tortilla chips. Like, they're made I, out I love of tortillas. The, I love the uh, round ones. Yeah, the cups, the yeah. scoops or whatever. Well, there's, yeah. you can either go flat round or scoops. Yeah. I love both. Yeah. I will agree with you. In terms of scoopability, the Scoops tortilla chip well, is designed with that in mind. So it's the best. So you do have to think about scoopability when you have dips. Correct. Yeah. If you're going that route, if you're going Super Bowl party or like tailgate party, there's two options. Scoopability. There's, there's bag of chips. But I don't want, like when I'm out at a tailgate, Blake, uh, because, and look, I have a weakness for, for regular lays. Yeah. But I don't want all that grease. Oh my! I mean, God! Once you eat a few of them, oh, you can't get rid of them. Okay, no, so I would rather go with. I think you're going with a tortilla chip. Yep, yep. That's yep. not greasy or some kind of multi-grain scoop chip, something yep. Yep. that has the durability and girth and dent- yes. density to roll through a dip. Absolutely, I think that's. You and then have when to we think, think of nachos. That. Yeah, people are going with usually tortillas and things like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think if, if I'm doing like dinner at the house and we're doing like burgers and we're not doing fries, we're gonna do chips. Yeah, we'll do potato chips. Yeah, something that doesn't have a dip. Yeah, but if I think party or tailgate, I think more dip chip. Yes, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. God, they're so good. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I could eat. I could eat zaps by the by the gallon. I like I mean, the absolutely. zaps regular and I like the zaps jalapeno. See, I'm a voodoo. I can't. Yeah. Chad tried to put me on that, and I thought they were. But it's but yuck. that that proves it's way too much stuff. See, that's on what I'm about it. to say. You're that way about everything in life. You're a you're not an over sense. You don't like sensory overload when it comes to flavor. So like anything with a lot of seasoning, sauce, stuff like that, you tend to go light, or you get like you do that at restaurants too. It's the same thing. Yeah. So I think that's that's. 
I get the Caesar salad yeah. on the side. Yeah. I mean, the Caesar dressing on the side. When yeah. I have a, a, a great, uh, if you're serving me a redfish or a, a, some kind of my grouper yeah. swordfish, I don't want, why would I want, if it's a good quality fish mm-hmm. and cooked well, mm-hmm. why would I want a lot of sauce on it? No, I'm with you. Because you're taking away, if I'm ordering a $22, $32, $35 piece of fish, why would I want you to just bury it? Yeah. It's with sauce. Be, it's got to be done delicately and in, in, in the correct way. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm with you. All right. Cool. What Do we have in, any more time? What an in-depth breakdown of potato chips. Well, <laughs> what did we come up with? What did we? Co- I think the word that we own is scoopability. Yeah. No, that's a key. That's a key. If, if scooping matters, you have to rate scoopability. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. And it matters in football as far as scooping scores and being able to scoop up the football on a <sighs> fumble. I mean, there are, there are guys that know how to do it. And there are guys who trip all over themselves and and go past the football. You remember that? And they don't have any scoopability. We we (laughs) may just we may come up in 2022 with an all scoopability team. Somebody call Tom Luganville. They need to add this to the ESPN recruiting database, right? Scoopability. Um, it, remember that game against La Tech where Mississippi State kicked the football 90 (laughs) yards backwards. And Jeffrey Simmons ended up. Yeah, at the at the La Tech 11, it was it, it was. Fourth and goal from the LaTeX like eleven yard line. They had to go ninety yards to get a touchdown. They pun- <laughs> they punted on fourth and goal. That's never happened before. And in, in, that, that was an incredible play. That was that was what we call lack of scoopability. <laughs> that was lack of scoopability. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, out of bounds. ESPN one hundred five nine. The zone. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. Blake, are we going to do our uh, March Madness bracket? Yes, the March Madness bracket is up and running on ESPN. It's pinned on Twitter. It's pinned on Facebook. You can find it on uh, out of, at Bo Bounds on Twitter, the Out of Bounds show on Facebook, or go to ESPN and type in OOB show bracket challenge. Um, I know one of the prizes will be a night at the Golden Moon Casino, two rounds of golf at Dancing Rabbit Golf and dinner at Philip M's. I know another prize will be a $100 gift certificate to Kessler Prime. Another prize will be a $100 gift certificate to Bravo Italian Restaurant and Bar. Real question is who are you going with to get there? Yeah, well, Who's I'm, your si- final I'm four? sitting here looking at this, and considering Rick Barnes in 25 NCAA tournament appearances has only beaten one team that was seated higher than this, and I'm on the Rocky Top train, I'm very concerned. You're in trouble. I'm very, very concerned. Uh, Check out our bracket on Facebook and Twitter. Back in a sec. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Predict winners in each round of the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle NFT, currently valued at over $50,000, and over $100,000 more in cash prizes. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today with MyBookie and use promo code BOUNDS to make your first deposit, earning a free entry into the My Bracket Contest. Selections for the bracket will officially begin on March 13th and close March 17th at noon Eastern. So make sure you get your deposit in now with Bounds to secure the free entry. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Support for the show comes from MyBookie.ag. Get a free entry in the MyBookie Bracket Challenge by using promo code BOUNDS at MyBookie.ag. 
Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bound Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. All right. Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The show is brought to you by Mack Hike and Flowood. Visit MackHikeFlowood.com. You're looking for your next truck or SUV. Load it up with inventory right now. Mack Hike and Flowood. MackHikeFlowood.com. We welcome in our friend Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com. Columnist, Saints, Louisiana, insider. And we want to talk a little uh, Arch Manning and then get into some NFL with Jeff Duncan. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing well. We're we're kind of monitoring this Arch Manning deal. Uh, you were really the first one out of the gate um, to do a pretty in-depth story on Arch Manning uh, last year with The Athletic. Now you're with NOLA.com. And... Uh, you've been covering this family for a long time. Uh, what do you think the timeline is, Jeff, for the decision? Well, it's definitely changed. I can tell you that. I know when they first entered into the recruiting process, they wanted to have this done right around now. Uh, and I don't think it's going to get done anytime soon because I think the shifting landscape in college football, bow has really I think the Mannings as a family are pretty cautious and they know this is a huge decision. And with the way things change in college football these days from year to year, I don't think they want to rush into a decision and then have to maybe backtrack if there's some kind of coaching change on the horizon. Uh, they, they, they've always believed, I remember Archie telling Peyton Manning, once you make your decision, that's it. You know, you commit to a school, we're not going to change our minds. And I think they don't want to go through that process in case there's some kind of change with one of the schools. So I don't think we'll see anything done maybe till, till the fall, or maybe it could go all the way through to this time next year. Uh, if they don't feel like they have a clear uh, idea where, where Arch wants to go. Wow. That would be wild. Um, all right. So we had your colleague on and friend Mike Dettelier last week. Dettelier said it's a four-horse race. Georgia, Bama, Ole Miss, Texas. He kind of felt like Clemson had lost their footing or their mojo, so to speak. Obviously, as you know, Dabo got raided as far as his staff. People are wondering if they'll take a step back and so on. Uh, do you believe that it's a four-horse race? And then, oh, and then Florida thinks that they may can get in this thing, depending on the timetable. Where do you think it is right now, Jeff? Yeah, I would agree with Mike. Uh, I think Clemson has definitely uh, fallen out of the race. I don't think they are in the mix at all now, and I think it's wide open still among those four schools. And it wouldn't shock me to see another school come into the mix, but they'd have to make up a lot of ground. Uh, Arch Manning has developed really strong relationships with the schools involved, um, and and I really believe – it would take something Herculean to happen to, to reverse that course among those four schools. Uh, but they are definitely 
taking their time on this. I, I know they wanted to to wrap this up around this time of year so they could be fair to the schools involved that weren't that were that they didn't pick. In other words, they could move on to, to another quarterback prospect. They were very conscious of that. They also felt like by Arch's commitment, it would help them perhaps create some momentum for that school in the recruiting process. And I know that was something that Arch wanted to do. He wanted to be able to commit to a school and then start recruiting peers. Uh, but because of the way things changed, I mean, just look at what happened at LSU this past year, uh, what happened at Notre Dame, uh, coaches leaving, bolting for other situations, Southern Cal. Uh, I think that kind of gave them a little cold feet because they don't know what's going to happen. What if Nick Saban were to retire, say, next, after this next season and they committed to Alabama? Uh, all those things are factored into this e- equation for the Mannings right now. Okay, so you've got uh, three young coaches in Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, and Steve Sarkeesian, and then you've got Nick Saban, who's 70, right around 70 years old. It's That's an interesting play there. Now, do you think there's a favorite right now, or do you think that uh, – you know, all things are even, and they're just gathering information and, and going to go through the process to at least, like you said, probably summer at the earliest, but it could bleed into uh, the fall or December signing day. Yeah, I don't think there is, no. I, I think each school has has done a good job of recruiting him. I will say that, talking to the people involved, uh, they all understand this is a unique recruitment with the Mannings, the coaches, that is and have handled it differently, I think, than other recruitments. They know that the Mannings kind of run the show there, and they have respected that. And uh, so no one has – in other words, no one, Bo, has has done a poor job or, or cost themselves a chance in Arch Manning. Uh, I know Texas has recently, I think, uh, agreed to bring in David Cutcliffe into the program as an analyst. I think that was a very smart move, and I think that was done definitely – with Arch Manning in mind, knowing the Manning family's comfort with David Cutcliffe. So I don't know if that gives them a leg up or not. I have not had anybody say that. I know that of all the people that have been recruiting Arch Manning, Steve Sarkeesian is the one that he's become closest to uh, during the process. But Texas's struggles on the field cannot be overlooked, and I'm sure it's something that's being factored in in the Mannings. They, they want to win and win at a high level, and they want to prepare Arch Manning for the next level. And uh, so they it's not just relationships. It's, it's also campus life. I mean, they're, they're, they want to make sure that this is as close to an ideal experience as possible. So how do you see this playing out now that it's a totally different day and age? Uh, Peyton didn't redshirt because of injuries, so he, but he played four years. Um, Eli played five. He redshirted. And, and didn't even start his redshirt freshman year, and then, as you know, started his last three years. Uh, because of the shift in what we see now with juniors leaving, do you expect him to just play three years and head out to the NFL, or it's way too early to make that call? I think it's too early to say, to be honest with you. I think whatever situ- you know, the situation is going to dictate that Bo, I mean, he might go into a place ideally where they have a, say, a junior quarterback that's prepared to start that seat, uh, Arches freshman season, 
and Arch can come in, sit behind him for one year, learn, and then take over the program, you know, his sophomore season. Uh, I could see that definitely happening. Uh, but I don't – the way way this thing works these days, uh, most of these programs recruit on three-year cycles at quarterback, and they expect a, an elite recruit like Arch Manning to be there for three years and, and move on. And if there's anybody that's ever been programmed <laughs> to, to become a, an NFL quarterback in three years, it's Arch Manning. So I would think that it would take something – you never know, though, right? Circumstances, injuries, uh, you know, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. It's hard to say, but if he gets to a college and excels early, uh, he's going to be on the fast track to the NFL. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com, on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line, talking Arch Manning out of Newman High School in New Orleans. Uh, a lot of people believe this down to four schools, Georgia, Bama, Ole Miss, and Texas. But as Jeff shared with us, uh, looks like they will uh, move it back as far as the decision. Uh, so you – Here's what I'm picking up from you. You're thinking maybe at the earliest this summer because they're going to continue to work through the process with, like you said, so many job openings and so much shifting around within the landscape of college football. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll have a better read, I think, once they get through the spring here. Uh, I think that it's going to be critical, this spring recruiting period. Um, But I do think they would like to do it as early as they can. You know, they want to do it early, but they also want to be cautious as they go forward. Uh, But they understand, uh, you know, the days of Peyton, if you remember, Bo, Peyton committed right before signing day, way back in, in, you know, when he committed, it was uh, was just a different world. Recruiting's different now. Um, Most of these schools would like to lock up their prospects a year early, so they could move on to other recruitments and, and start recruiting players around that, that prospect. Uh, but because of this unique situation with Arch, and, and because they they are so cautious and careful in trying to make the right decision, and because no one's really emerged, I think, to the front of the pack, I think they're they're smart. They're going to take their time until they, they feel like they have the right answer. Even though Saban's 70 years old, Dettelier said don't count out the uh... – the best closer in the history of college football. Do you agree? Yeah, oh, I would never count out uh, Nick Saban. I mean, the fact that he came over here and was at one of Arch Manning's basketball games sitting in the stands, that tells you uh, what he thinks of Arch Manning. And and you know what you've got in Alabama. They're the one school where you know there's – the only question would be is if Saban were to retire. But you know what you're getting there. I think uh, the other schools have question marks a little bit. George, obviously, great momentum with Kirby Smart, and he's done an incredible job. He was actually at the the game I was at, uh, the football game where where Arch Manning played, and uh, he personally came over and flew over for that for that game. So you can see that when head coaches are making flights in the junior year of a prospect, personally recruiting, it just shows you how important a recruit Arch Manning is. And you and I have talked about it before. It, it goes beyond the the football part of it. I mean, you get Arch Manning, you get everything that comes with the Manning brand. You're going to have the Manning family in a suite on CBS on a Saturday afternoon game. Your your program suddenly becomes uh, a different profile, and it comes with the, the cachet of the Manning family. Uh, it could it can it can vault your program into a whole nother uh, stratosphere, and that's why a school like Ole Miss or Texas 
if they can land him, suddenly I think changes their trajectory in the rebuilding jobs those coaches are doing. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com on the Out of Bounds show. All right, let's switch gears. Uh, I wasn't going to hit this, but it happened uh, before we get into some NFL discussion. Um, Jawan Howard strikes Greg Gard. Jawan Howard's the head basketball coach. I'm sorry, the assistant coach. Um, Jawan Howard's the head coach at, at Michigan, and you saw it, and they got into it, uh, a brawl after the game. Do you think that uh, Jawan Howard gets a lengthy suspension, or do you think that Jawan Howard loses his job? I think he's definitely going to be disciplined. I think he has to be suspended for a certain amount of time because, first of all, this isn't his first incident. It's not his first transgression, right? He got into it with Mark Turgeon in Maryland and got ejected from the game for an incident. So we have a recurring pattern of behavior here uh, that Jawan Howard has to address if he wants to continue being the university. This is the University of Michigan, Bo. This isn't Eastern Michigan. Uh, this is a big-time program that really prides itself on, you know, the Michigan brand. Uh, we've all heard it, the Michigan, you're a Michigan man. Uh, so I think they'd have to act. Uh, I know people are saying that the Wisconsin coach guard was, you know, the insider here. But if you watch that incident, in my opinion, you can go either way on the initial part of it. But once they got separated, there was a, there was a, Juwan Howard was back being held back and he went back in and took a swing at a coach to me there, there's that's where he loses any uh, credibility in trying to argue that, that, that somebody else inside it, because the thing had kind of been broken up and then he went back in. True. Uh, so to me, in my opinion, um, you know, he's got to be disciplined and I don't think he needs to be fired. That's my opinion, but it wouldn't shock me if he was fired because he already had a, a similar incident against Maryland. Did you happen to watch the post post game presser where he didn't even show any remorse or apologize? Yeah, I did see it. And, and I thought that was, you know, just ridiculous. And, and I, I mean, the the problem here is you're, you're a leader of men in that role, right? You're trying to teach, uh, these young student athletes, how to conduct themselves and how to carry themselves. And uh, they're getting the wrong lessons from Juwan Howard in that situation. I know he's going to say, Hey, I'm backing my guys. I'm standing up for my guys because what he thought was a timeout at the end or something. Uh, but there's a certain way to do that. And he certainly didn't do it in this incident. Jeff Duncan on the bucked up energy drinks guest line. All right, let's talk Sean Payton. Y'all, Sean Payton had a dinner a couple of weeks ago with all the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints media. Uh, You were there. Um, This is so unheard of because guys usually, even if they have success, they're usually run, fired. It just, they don't get to call their shot like Sean did in New Orleans. And of course, he was the first to win, win big, win the Super Bowl. Uh, What was it like? Because you've talked to us, you, you obviously you know, wrote the book, Peyton and Breeze. Great book behind the scenes on the Saints dynasty and the offense. Um, And you're, I guess the way to put it is you're close to Sean for media coach, but there's been times where he's been mad as hell at you too. Um, What was it like 
to do something like that because I doubt even with all your experiences, you've done, you've had that experience, Jeff. Well, it was definitely unusual, but I think it was unusual because of Sean's longevity here. Uh, the fact he'd been here 16 years. I mean, it's a pretty unprecedented situation, Bo, to where there were a number of people in that room that had relationships with Sean Payton that have known him for years. You don't get that chance when it's two or three years. None of us had a, a dinner with Stan Van Gundy when he was one and done, right? You know, it just doesn't happen. So because Sean felt the need that this was kind of a closing chapter on his life and his career. Uh, he wanted to um, he wanted to break bread with the locals and, and spend some time, and he he did. I mean, it was, he was there five and a half hours, and we told stories and we roasted him, told some great conference our best confrontation stories with Sean Payton, and he, <laughs> he ate it up. He loved every second of it, and um, and so we we had a really good time, and I think it shows. I mean, I think sometimes the fans see a coach. Uh, you know, maybe lash out at a media member or say something about a media member and they think there's, uh, you know, animosity there. With Sean Payton, he would always get over it. And most coaches do, frankly. Uh, you hash it out, you move on. And uh, he really got so much better in dealing with the media as his career went on. He understood what was important and what wasn't. I mean, he used to call us and go off on headlines in, in the Times Picayune, <laughs> you know, just crazy stuff. And he learned that's not what's important uh, in winning and losing. And, and it shows you how we're all in it, right, Bo? You're much better at your job now than you were when you started. Uh, I'm much better as a columnist, I like to think, than I was when I used to write some of these, I call them scorched earth columns, you know, just napalm people. <laughs> you learn to be a little more nuanced, have your voice a little more controlled. And I think he learned. Uh, he came in trying to change a culture and environment here and it took some very tough decisions and some tough stances on things. But once he got the culture and got the success and, and had a track record, he relaxed a lot more and, and learned what was important. And I think dealing with the media was one of those things. I, you know what I think is so cool, and we need a lot more time, but what I think is, is, is one that you and Sean and others could mix it up and he could get super ticked and go off, but like you said – um, eventually hash it out and move on. I don't find that's always the case with college coaches, Jeff. Um, I mean, you know, I've, I've been very, we have an opinionated sports talk radio show. So over the years, I've had a ton of SEC coaches come through, especially the state, the big three. And I find that a lot of times, the co I, I get the sense the college coaches can't flush it, maybe as, not easily, but... Uh, like some of the professional pro uh, coaches can. Do you have you experienced that too, Jeff? Yeah, look, I think that's a really good point. I think it kind of goes from. I think it's all subjective individually, but I do think I will agree with you 100. percent It's one of the things I like best about Sean Payton was, and maybe this just comes with security, right? You're secure. You know you're good at your job. You have confidence. You know you're safe, so you can you can be willing to admit when you're wrong or or be willing to uh, back down from a confrontation. I think Sean learned that as he was more successful in his career. One of my favorite things about him was his ability to uh, you know poke fun at himself, to uh, admit when he was wrong. I mean, he talks at length about 
Rob Nikovich and how you tried to move Rob Nikovich to long snapper early in his career. And what, you know, the guy ends up being a multi-time pro bowler as a defensive end edge rusher and got out the building to new England. He, he will admit those mistakes like that. And that goes a long way in the locker room goes a long way with your coaching staff. And obviously with the media that covers him uh, and he'll call me, he'll say, Hey, I had a bad call. There it was a terrible call. I, 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 I hurt my team. I didn't make it easy for my quarterback. Uh, not enough coaches do that, and I think that's probably because there's so much at stake, right. so much money on the line. They they are always in fear of losing that golden goose, right? He had as much job security as you can have in the NFL outside of Belichick because the franchise had never won, and he won so big and won the Super Bowl, which I think enabled him to do what you just walked us through both with the media and um, acknowledging, you know, some of the swings and misses. All right. Uh, I think he's going to be exceptional on TV, Jeff. I know you know him a lot better. It would be, wouldn't it be crazy if we get an Al Michaels, Sean Payton on ESPN because they're both free agents right now? Yeah. I, look, I, I think he's going to end up in L.A., wherever he's at. I think he's going to end up living in LA. I don't know that for sure, but I just get the feel talking to him and and talking to people around him. His daughter's, you know, living out there right now. I think he wants to be closer to her. I think he likes the lifestyle. He's told me he really wants to get back in shape. He said the way he coaches, you know, you read it in the book, Bo. I mean, they're there till two 3 AM every night. It's incredible. It's difficult. It's difficult to eat. Well, it's difficult to, to, maintain a proper healthy lifestyle in that environment he knows that so i think he's looking forward to getting back in shape kind of personally uh resetting the the button and then recharging his batteries and i think he'll get back into coaching but i don't think it's a hundred percent sure thing that he does he could end up being bill cower or or jimmy johnson and just being happy doing tv Mm. but i just knowing him i think he's wired to compete and I think something's going to present itself that intrigues him down the road in coaching, and, and he's going to get back into it. Yeah, you heard it there. Jeff Duncan said Sean Payton to the Dallas Cowboys after next year. So we'll get that <laughs> on the record, and we'll keep on moving. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com, uh, wrote the Super Book, Payton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history. And I actually think the book's already good really good, but I think it's got more juice now that both Peyton and Breeze um, have retired. Jeff, thanks so much. We'll talk. Uh, I've got a lot more to get to with you, but we'll talk again soon. All right, Bo. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Take thanks, care. bud. Jeff Duncan, author, Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history. You know, Jeff mentioned uh, Sean's schedule. We all know that they grind, but when you read the book, It just jumps out at you. I mean, Sean's there from 6 a.m. to 2 in the morning. And uh, I know I've gone over it again and again. It's just, wow, it's incredible how many hours they spend at the – and look, some of the assistant coaches mentioned going and working for other guys, and it wasn't like that. You know? So, hell of a book. That's the latest on – Arch Manning, maybe uh, not making a decision until the summer, fall, or right at December signing day. That'll be wild. Down to the final four, Bama, Ole Miss, Georgia, and Texas. Can another team jump in? We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Hour number three coming up. 